You're listening to the Rural Advancement Podcast. Rural Advancement provides resources to empower, equip, and encourage rural pastors and churches. Join our community by visiting us at ruraladvancement.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rural Advancement. This is the podcast that is by rural leaders and for rural leaders. It is our goal every single week, week in and week out, to bring you content that is not just spoken to the rural church, but is spoken by people who get it, people who have lived and ministered in small, out-of-the-way places, and people who value doing God's work in these rural towns. I'm your host, Joe Epley, and today we are going to begin a new segment uh, that we're going to release periodically, and it's it, the, the simple title is Tall Tales of the Rural Church. And the reason that title was chosen is because, let's be honest, in rural ministry, we have all been asked to do and participate in things that feel either way above our pay grade or way outside of our focus. It's the classic, I didn't know pastors had to do blank, and what we have called ministry over the years. And so I'm excited uh, to get into our topic this week, our first tall tale. But first, I'm excited to introduce uh, my co-host for the day. Uh, he's one of my best friends in the entire world, TJ Gilmore. So I want to say, TJ, how you doing, man? Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me on here. Uh, I'm doing really good. Excited to be here with you recording this. Yeah, and honestly, it's kind of a dream of ours that eventually uh, TJ will just be a permanent hope co-host on whatever podcast we end up doing. But, but <laughs> TJ and I go way back, you know what I'm saying? I mean, how long have we been friends now? Oh, good nine ten years almost yeah and honestly that whole time if i remember right i think we've served in ministry together pretty much that whole time yeah i believe so yeah i mean you as a pastor sorry not you as the pastor me as the pastor you as a lay leader and we've just had so many adventures running a youth center doing all these things but that's not our topic for today tj what is our topic for today what is the title of this event the Great Turkey Massacre. The Great Turkey Massacre. Gosh, I'm already shuddering just thinking about talking about this subject. Yeah, quite the quite the spectacle. Yeah, and so before we get into it, I want to give some background just because that statement by itself begs some context. So, so you guys have to understand, we do something at our church called blessing baskets, right? And this is not a new idea. This is not something that we invented. But uh, around Thanksgiving, as, uh, as churches do, uh, what we would do is make Thanksgiving baskets. And we would put everything you need for a Thanksgiving meal. You know, we'd put in the, the cranberries and the, and the Sprite and the green beans and the, you know, rolls and, and whatever else you need, you know, for a Thanksgiving dinner. The biggest piece of this, of course, is that we would include a turkey. And we would do probably between 20 and 25 baskets a year and hand them down, you know, hand them out to different people in our community. And one time, somebody had an idea. And this idea at the beginning sounded really great. This gal in our church um, just very kindly said, hey, I like raising birds. Would you mind if I raised the turkeys for next year's blessing baskets? And it was like November. So we were like, you know, sure, we just got done with this round of blessing baskets. We don't have to think about this for 10 months. Go ahead. Why don't you raise these 20 to 25 turkeys? And, uh, and it'll be great. But what's the one piece we forgot, TJ? When you uh, raise turkeys, what do you have to do? Well, you have to butcher them, which is quite the feat, quite the thing to undertake. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And I don't think any of us, like, I don't even think any of us realized at the time, like, none of us thought ahead and went, man, who's going to take care of that aspect? So, so bring me to it, because obviously, as small town churches often do, it became a mad scramble for volunteers. 
And out of all the things I've asked you to do in the years, this is probably... I would say that this is definitely in the top two to three weirdest things I've ever been asked to help with. Yeah, and me too, honestly. Like, I, I do not remember a time when someone said, hey, can you help me butcher 20 to 25 turkeys? So what were your first impressions when you're being asked? Is you're, you're psyching yourself up for this. You know, what, what's you got? Well, when I was first asked, I thought, man, that just sounds interesting. I de- I've never been asked to, you know, slaughter 25 animals before. Um, definitely a new experience for me. I mean, what was going through my mind is, you know, this has to be, you know, an interesting process. And I wasn't sure what to expect. Right. And I'm glad you took the approach of a learner because that is not the approach that I took. When I got asked, I promise you, I was like, man, which job could I take right now that would help me avoid butchering turkeys? Is there any church anywhere that I could join that would mean I wouldn't have to butcher these birds? And it's pretty crazy, cause, uh, but, but I do think it's funny. Um, so going forward on that, when it came time for the day, and, and what you guys got to understand too is every church has like the trailer they might hook up to the van to take to church camp. And all 25 birds went in this covered trailer. So just store that in your mind for later. But after this whole process is done, I have to like use this trailer to take people to church camp, to take like middle schoolers. And so you stuff 25 birds in this trailer. But TJ, from what I understand, you and I took an approach that was very different. I tried to hide in a corner and get out of it and eventually did what I could. But you tried, from what I understand, every part of the process. Yes. So what was that process? I mean, we don't have to get too graphic for the sake of our listeners, but what was that process? Well, it first started with getting the birds out of the trailer um, (laughs) without getting too many of them at one time, which was just a fiasco. Oh, my goodness. Um, And then, of course, there was the actual, like, you know, killing of the birds. Yeah, I mean, you got to kill a bird, right? That's wild. was definitely a um, messy process. Yeah. I have quite a few pictures from that that yeah. you know have been forever burned into my I head. Love, wait, 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 wait. Let me clarify. Did you take pictures? Yes. Oh, you're I ridiculous. Did. This I you listen to. to too many serial killer documentaries, is what you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, I probably I mean, do. <laughs> so we gotta it. kill the birds, and then what happens next? Um well then there's the defeathering, there's yeah. the quickly like blanching them Gosh. in hot water, which that was not the greatest thing in the world. Um, <laughs> That's to just, I mean, plucking every last feather, and oh. that was that took some time. Oh man! But definitely going through the process, I had a few that I enjoyed more so than others. But. Yeah, like what? Like what do you think was your? F- I mean, because because I would never use even the word favorite, but like like I would say the least terrible part <laughs> of the process. So like for you, what was the least terrible part of this process? Well, I would have to say that was the um, initial killing of the bird. Really? Because um, some people would probably have an issue taking an axe and just, you know, yeah, going. But that really, that didn't necessarily bother me, just having, you know, lived where I have my entire life. I mean, sure, yeah, yeah, you're from a small town, so. that's kind of the vibe, you know, there's ranches and farms and... I, I remember specifically the thing that I couldn't get over was this whole defeathering part. Because, I mean, the thing is, is I know me personally, and we'll get into this, but, like, 
I like going to Walmart and buying a butterball turkey. Like, it's just one of my favorite things, you know? And so to have to, like, be it, like, I have never once, I had to kill, like, a mouse once that was getting into something around my house. And, like, I remember as a teenager being like, oh, this is, like, the worst. And it's not that I'm, like, I'm not, like, against, like, hunting or fishing. Like, none of these activities inherently bother me. But I'm just like really content if other people do them. So for me, we were in a we were in a shop of a deacon that was in our church, and so we're out in a shop, and I just remember the smell, like the overwhelming uh-huh. smell of like we are processing live animals right now, and it just was bonkers. Yeah, that that smell was something else. Yeah, I mean it definitely wasn't, felt, wasn't pleasant. Oh man, yeah, it just it it's like it, I know the listeners will get this. It's like the there's smells that you smell, and then there's smells that you almost taste. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Ugh, I can't it was. Even think of it. But one of my favorite parts of this story is because uh, people need to be clued in a little bit. So obviously, some people listening to this who have grown up around, let's say, ranch life, farm life, animal processing, whatever, they might look at this and be like, "No big deal, right?" But when you dive into a bit of my backstory, I mean, tell people like when I moved to Baker, what was your perception of me, TJ? I mean, I was coming from Billings, which is our biggest town in Montana, but what was your perception of me? Well, I definitely um, thought you were more of a city boy, which, I mean, that was proven time and time again. Uh, time and um, time again. You say it so dramatically. Come on. I mean, it's true. <laughs> it's true. That's um, but, no, you were definitely the, you know, rolling town, you know, wearing very interestingly colored shorts, sure, shirt, sure. sunglasses, you know, like... Definitely not somebody I would ever picture working with a dead animal. Yeah, like ever. for sure. Yeah, like because because to give you guys a, like a, a, a sense of my aesthetic there is I grew up in Billings and I just really like had never interacted with farm and ranch life, never really interacted, and it wasn't that I I didn't have that work ethic. You know, my dad did construction and whatever, but but when it came to like fashion or when it came to like how I dressed, I just didn't look. Like, you know, kind of this rural vibe that we always think of. And so I I do remember that day that I moved there and I was met with a bunch of guys wearing blue jeans, boots, farmers, flannels, just normal, normal everyday clothes. And I got out of the car wearing silver shorts, uh, a purple checkered plaid shirt and white sunglasses. And I'm not saying we can't be fashionable in a rural place. I'm just saying for me, you could just tell, like I stood out like a sore thumb. Yeah, I love how you call that fashionable. I think it's. I, I think I, that's I, that's fair. <laughs> okay, fine, 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 fine. Maybe not fashionable, but for me, you know, it felt like the vibe. So, so obviously, I was not like this this country kid. I was not raised around animals. I did not deal with it, and yet here we are. And throughout the day, we were butchering yeah twenty to twenty five turkeys. I mean, it was insane. And I do remember there was a bit of a perk of this. Uh, you and I had to go run the youth center that night, or at least I had to for my paid job. I don't think you uh, were upset that night that you had to come. No, the youth no, I was definitely glad to be you know going elsewhere at that point. I've Cause, been because what I we was left done. early, right? I mean, we left, you know. Yeah, we left a good probably thirty to forty minutes early, I think. Oh, I think it was even. I don't even remember. But but let's talk about the aftermath. You know, you got two dudes getting in a car, driving twenty miles back to town sitting there having gone through this experience i mean talk to me about your aftermath how was that well it was definitely there was a lot of discussion of how you know disgusting that this was on the probably 15 mile car ride back to town um and then you know i think i you know really didn't 
I remember having, you know, blood still on my shoes when I went to go Gosh. and help at the youth center that night. <laughs> um, that was quite the, you know. If I didn't know you better. Yeah. Expert, yeah, that's. Saying, like, there it is. I mean, that day I really was one. You really were one. Um, that's true. No, that was quite the experience. Yeah, I remember for me, I don't know, like, obviously there's a very technical term, shell shocked, that has you know, reference to do with things that yeah, were much yeah. more serious than that. But for me, that was the closest I ever got where I just sat in my car. And it's one of those moments that I think we have as pastors and leaders in rural churches where you just kind of stop and you go, how did I end up doing what I'm doing? Like, how did I end up, like, how is this ministry? Like, we think of ministry and we think of, like, church services and counseling people and going to church camps. And here we are, like, butchering birds for the sake of the Lord, I guess, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember when I got home, I ended up, uh, gosh, like I think I got to my porch and I opened the door and my wife's there and, uh, and I don't even think I like, I don't think I, I don't think I went in the house. I think I actually like, it's probably the only time I've ever semi stripped in public, but I just had to like, these clothes were covered in feathers and blood. It was just, just like the worst. Like I remember for me, I'm like, that will live in infamy in my, in my brain. It's like a crazy day. Yeah. That, that was definitely burned into my, my mind that day. Um, just that whole day. I don't think I'll ever forget it. Yeah. And the craziest thing again is that, you know, the point of this tall tales, you know, kind of segment is to highlight that this is like ministry. Like this is rural ministry. It weirdly really enough, Right. And so, like, one of the things I think of, because we were kind of racking our brains going, hey, what lessons do you learn from an experience like this? You know, and for me, you know, to kick us off, I think one of the biggest lessons is that, like, in a rural church, you don't always get to choose how and when people want to contribute. Like, I would have loved if this individual had maybe said, hey, I'm going to buy, you know, from Walmart these 20 turkeys or whatever. But she chose to contribute in a way that said, hey, I'm going to raise these turkeys. Oh, yes. You know, and I don't get to, like, choose that, but I don't want to turn it down either. Like, there's so much value in having people involved, you know? What were some of your thoughts? Well, some of my thoughts were, um, you know, how amazing it really was that somebody would take, you know, 10 plus months of their life to, you know, raise these birds to bless you know, 25 people in our community, roughly, who, you know, really did need it. Yeah. Um, and I was just amazed that people would go to that length. I was amazed that, you know, the volunteers that we did get that Honestly, night would go to that The length. real miracle is that we actually <laughs> got people to show up and butcher birds. <laughs> yeah, that... I don't know how we did that. I don't know how we did it either. No, this is good because honestly, I think it just speaks so highly. Like one, no one has to tell us. And, I, and honestly, friend to friend, you're one of them. We're like rural churches are full of just people who are gold. I mean, they're just great people. You know, I know that I valued you that way. Our, our whole ministry kind of collaboration. I know that we've seen that in our congregation, you know, and I just can't help but think of what a beautiful picture of the body of Christ when we all pull together, even in weird circumstances, the great turkey massacre still became in its own weird axe vibe type <laughs> way an example of the body of christ it, it really did joe i must say i really do think that that was a lesson that you know i am very glad that i was able to be a part of and learn um i wouldn't change that for the world 
Yeah, and also though, I would never ever do it again. No, <laughs> definitely just, not. I'm like, I'm like, I, yeah, it was a great lesson. Glad the Lord worked through it, but <laughs> never again. No, I think never. that lady even offered, you know, kind of, kind of half jokingly, but it was, it was almost as if you had a trauma response. You know, she said, "Hey, I can do this again next." No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. You know, just was very, it was very funny. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Well, cool. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, again, this has been just a fun new segment, Tall Tales of the Rural Church. You've gotten to tune in and hear my story and my friend TJ's story of uh, what it was like to be a part of the Great Turkey Massacre of, uh, was it 2019, 2018? I think it was 2018, 2018? or 2017. Something like that. But it was a party either way. So I have been your host, Joe Epley. I want to say thank you again, TJ, for being on the podcast today. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for having me on. It's a great pleasure of mine. Absolutely. Well, hey, uh, from all of us at Rural Advancement, keep in mind one more time that we exist for one simple reason. It's to have rural people speak to rural people on how we do God's work in small, out-of-the-way places. As always, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or uh, at our website, www.ruraladvancement.com. But honestly, the best way for a podcast like this to find traction is to do what we do in rural communities. We spread it word of mouth, talking one person to another who might need to hear a fun message. Do I think they need to hear about the Great Turkey Massacre? Yes and no. It's up for you to decide, and we'll see you next week.